0: I have some really good bestsellers, but I have to let them go out of stock before I can restock because I just can't hold any more inventory. It's a good problem, but it's also like if I'm not selling it fast enough, I'm stuck on all this cash that I can't pay the employees with.
1: Hi, I'm Jacqueline Snyder, and this is the Product Boss Podcast. I've helped launch and grow thousands of product-based businesses, even one of my own. And over the last 20 years, I've seen behind the scenes of businesses just like yours. Whether they are makers, manufacturers, artists, or food and beverage businesses, I have spent so many hours studying it all. I've discovered what makes them successful. What are mistakes they could avoid? How did they turn an idea into successful business? And what are strategies they have used to make more sales and be discovered by more customers? This is what this show is all about. Whether you're just starting out or you're looking to become a million dollar product boss, I'm here to give you the permission to chase your dreams, no matter how big or small. All you need is the right mindset, a little courage, strategy, and support, and you too can be the next million dollar product boss. Let's do this. Happy February, product boss. Okay, during this time of year, I'm all about making sure you're on track to make this your best year yet. And it all starts with making sure you have the right tools at your fingertips. That's why I'm so excited for you to check out Sales Hub from HubSpot, an all-in-one platform built with the tools and insights you need to communicate with your customers, create reminder tasks for your deadlines, and lean into the data when it comes to focusing on which products you should market next. Now, I know you might be thinking, okay, but how much is it going to cost? And I'd be asking the same thing, but guess what? Sales Hub is free to get started on. Plus, you can be up and running in just minutes. With Sales Hub, closing deals is no big deal. Head to hubspot.com slash sales to try it for free. Over the past three years, Amanda has built her business, Davin and Adley, close to hitting six-figure months in revenue. While she's having these great months, she's also growing fast, sitting on a lot of inventory, and her biggest issue is figuring out how to move that inventory. We're going to discuss how she can increase her sales from increased lead acquisition to upselling to focusing on her existing customers. Let's dive in. So tell me a little bit more about the product.
0: So it's all maternity, nursing, pumping, bras, camis. I would call it kind of like intimate apparel as a a total. It's very modern. It's more of like a youthful design aesthetic to it. So it's a little bit different than what you typically would see with maternity wear. I appeal to moms in the 20 to 40 range, but more so on the younger side because it has this like youthful design aesthetic. And I am... Primarily all e-commerce with just a little tiny bit of wholesale. And we're starting with international distributor in Canada. So otherwise, United States is like 99% of everything and e-commerce through our website only.
1: And so starting just a few years ago, what was your form of like, how are you building your audience? Like how did people discover you? And what have you done? Like what's your secret sauce?
0: I started primarily Instagram and then I just continued to build and build the social platforms. It's a very good social media brand. Basically, the moms hang out on Instagram. She's my top customers from Instagram. I do carry it through to TikTok, Pinterest, uh, Facebook, uh, but really Instagram is considered like my highest channel for Mm -hmm. social media. So I started there. And then I did a very short bit with Amazon. And I didn't do it right. And it was a total disaster. And we'll get into that. But I pulled out of Amazon because I didn't feel like it was right for the brand. And then I've just continued to purely stick to like the social media aspect. And then we started running paid ads to get a broader audience. We do a lot of ad spend I'm very lucky. I have someone who has been helping me from day one. He has an ad agency that does all meta and Google ads. And he is a friend of mine from my former job. So I kind of got started off on a good note. And so we've been able to achieve what I think is pretty decent after three and a half years, just because I kind of knew some of the right people. So I was in the fashion design industry first this is actually like what I did. I was doing intimate apparel design for free people, anthropology, urban. So I I had the same kind of like product development background, technical design. So on that area, I'm very strong. But the running a business is not something I had ever done before. So when I branched out to do my own thing, I've kind of struggled with how to grow and scale the business. What's the right amount of money to be spending on Advertising, customer acquisition. I really struggle with that side of it and really the like getting the business more like formal in terms of like we didn't have a bookkeeper and we weren't doing the reports right and like all that side that you don't know when you start a new business. So The product side has been like my strength, the running a business and actually figuring out how we're going to achieve profit and continue to run and scale is where I'm running into like some struggles. I did work with a mentor all last year that kind of stepped in as my COO coach and we got to a good place. It would definitely, we hit amazing numbers for the year. But I feel like it's time for this year to figure out some different strategies and how I can move this inventory um, that I am sitting on. Yeah, you do. I want a little <laughs> over
1: <open board. laughs> It's okay. You and I have a similar background when it comes to our design backgrounds because I also come out of lingerie and swimwear and all the things. So I think that's really fantastic about the power of your design. I mean, your product is beautiful. Class, I'm a free people lover. So like I see, you know, aesthetically the realm there. So you have about 30,000 followers on social. Where are people buying from you? Like, are they buying on Instagram? And where's the revenue shaking out? Like, what are your platforms that you're selling on?
0: They're funneling through to the site to make the transaction. The Instagram shop and Facebook shop, they're live. But I don't see them actually buying through the shop. They're just... They're clicking the link and then they're coming directly to purchase. But I can still see in the notes of the transaction that it like came from Instagram or I can see it somewhere where it says that because I can find in the Shopify reports where it's saying like a percentage is coming from Instagram, a percentage is coming from Facebook. Like So it still shows me the breakdown. But we are running like so our meta ads go to both. Like so some of it comes clicking from the ads, some of it comes from the organic traffic and then. They're shopping from my emails, SMS marketing. Those are kind of like the big ones. There, I mean, a couple small, uh, boutique y type stuff that's filtered in there. But for the majority, it's all coming from my ads, uh, my Google ads, too. I would say that they're clicking, searching through there. Okay. So then, truthfully,
1: we feel like even though you're seeing it come through the social media platforms, it's probably more so directed towards your paid ads that you're doing.
0: The largest portion yeah. of the traffic is definitely coming okay. from ads.
1: That's totally fine. Cause like we're in that realm too. So I know you said like where you want to be and where you want to get to is like looking at your PL, but let's actually go into truthfully like what would you like at the end of 2024, what would you like to see happen in your business?
0: Well I need to figure out how to consistently pay myself with so we had to This was the first, 2023 was the first full year that I took a paycheck. We were trying to match my salary. So we were working towards it. So in the months that we were trying to pay me, we were attempting to get there. But then fourth quarter, I expected these high results. And like fourth quarter was horrendous for us, which is a shame because it should have been better. So I had to pull back from paying myself to barely be able to scrape by and pay the inventory bills. And then I have to what I would say, like my two regular employees, the one is payroll and one is a contractor, but I pay her monthly. So I was like trying to like find the cash to even be able to pay the staff. And then I didn't pay myself for three months just to be able to keep up with it. That cannot happen next year. Like I have to figure out a plan to not cut my salary. It's just like, uh, we need to be able to pay ourselves a little bit more. There's a lot of money in this business, but my salary is sitting in inventory right now. So like, That's been like one of the pain points. The reason I have that much inventory is because my minimums are kind of high, like Intimate Apparel, China, like I'm sure you know exactly how this works out. I'm trying to push them to help me figure this out because I have some really good bestsellers but I have to let them go out of stock before I can restock because I just can't hold any more inventory. It's really killing. I mean, it's it's a good problem, but it's also like if I'm not selling it fast enough, I'm stuck on all this cash that I can't pay the employees with. So I'm in a little bit of trouble right now with that. We stopped reordering. I would say like we didn't reorder at all fourth quarter. We didn't place anything. So like we're actually sitting Thankfully on the good styles, like I have too much of my best sellers right now, not the other way around where you have the wrong inventory, but it's just still circling through. I would say like less than 2000 units that are clearance and everything else that I have, I have, uh, I want to say it's just under 30,000 units. The rest of it is all my best sellers. So I just have too much of it. I just have to find more people, find more sales channels, whatever that is. I just have to start moving inventory faster to get some of that cash flow back. Did you catch that?
1: Despite having several nearly six-figure months, Amanda has had to cut her salary in order to pay her employees. Her minimum order quantities are high, so she's sitting on piles of inventory that she has to wait to sell. Unfortunately, you can't pay your employees in inventory, so she needs to make a plan to be sure this doesn't happen again. And that's exactly what we're going to do. The reason you booked this call with me, what is the thing that you feel like I have the knowledge of that I can help you kind of move fast? Is it the inventory? Because we could talk about inventory, but it might be coming
0: down to sales and like where we're selling and how we're selling. I don't know what to do next yet for getting us to continue to grow. I'm afraid that we're going to have a flat year if I don't change some things. We brought more people onto the team, but then of course that killed my cash flow. We have been expanding and trying different areas of marketing and advertising, but I'm like, where do I go next? Like, how do I get more people into this funnel? Like, where's the next strategic place to go? Overall, sales are not the greatest right now. And I I don't think it's the product, I think it's the economy. I feel like all the business owners I'm talking to are like feeling the same. Like, we're really down, like by far, and I'm not sure what to do to turn things around. What right do you now. think
1: is the biggest contributing factor to being down because you have more people than you had a year ago. So when I'm looking at a number like that, something might be broken on the back end
0: or there's something weird off. My conversion rate is down. I'll say okay. that. So what changed then? Well, I thought of it, at first I thought it was just holiday shopping fatigue where like we did great. We did over a hundred thousand in November. We were selling holiday bundles. We were giving 20% off for holiday. So I always can see a dip after the sale ends. But we're now going into second week of January and sales have not picked back up. Did you do an
1: offer last January? Did you drop a new collection? Like, what did you do last January?
0: Well, I offered the Ella is the first time in an update in two other colors. So that's why I'm hoping that we can move a lot of these in January by offering that again. I think my audience is stale. That's what I've been saying to like a lot of the other brands that I talk to in the maternity space because we have such a small window of like, she's only pregnant and nursing for so long. So a customer acquisition for maternity is probably more expensive than typical because we lose customers more frequently, just the cycling through of, you know, you're done having babies, you no longer are shopping in a maternity brand. So I have to figure out, how to, at a a lower cost, keep acquiring new young pregnant women. So that's definitely like we're running the ads. We turned budget down after the holidays, like we could turn it back up. So we typically spend a month in paid ads between Google and Meta. We upped that to, I think we spent in in November, it paid off. But I don't know if that's too much to be spending at this point in my process. It's like hard for me to know. Like I'm basically killing a lot of cash in ad spend too. I can see it. You are, but you're driving it back, right? Yeah. Typical is the three to four. We generally are a little bit above average because it's product that converts a little higher than just like a regular bra. Like it's, they're coming because they need it. They like don't have many options, so we get careful so,
1: when it's like a cash spend. I remember when we first started running ads, and we were spending like two thousand dollars a month, and I was tracking it like a crazy person, right? <laughs> it's like a person with a wedding outdoors, you know, when it's supposed to rain. Like I was on there all the time, and I was like, okay. I have to step off this. Now we could spend two hundred thousand dollars in a month on ads, and I don't track it the same way I tracked it with the 2000 because one, I know my team is on it. Two, I know the return. So the cool thing about for you for ads is that it is a math problem. We know what the return is. And if you trust your team, which it sounds like you do, if they start to see the acquisition costs go up, if they start to see something break, they can scale it back. But... What you're doing with ads is the customer acquisition that you're saying that you need. So we need to get more in front of more new moms. And I'm not sure what your pool looks like, like how they're targeting the people. So obviously there's look like audiences and all that. But what are they buying earlier that we can track? Because we know that they're going to, you know, probably by the time they're having their baby shower, they're kind of moving out of like maternity and they're starting to think nursing apparel. And it could be targeting people as early as when they do get pregnant. And like, I don't know if the bump.com is like, oh wait, obviously your team knows how to advertise. But what I want to say to you is like whether you 16,000, okay. But like, if you put in 20, 25, 30, like you can talk to your team about the scalability because for us, we can only scale about 20% at a time before we break it. And then we have to like oil the meta machine. You can talk to them about it because if you know the return is going to come and we're at a point that we need to drive more traffic, it's not a slot machine. It's an actual machine that prints money, ads do, for you specifically because you have the right team, you have the right product, we know it converts. And that's why I was asking you if there's like a conversion issue when it comes to them checking out online, right? Like if there's something broken on the website or something there that's changing things, we have to talk about that. But if it's just a matter of new leads and a stale audience, then I would turn up your ads. So I think not being afraid to dial that up and then basically you're going to make it rain, right? I heard this saying somewhere, like they're going to turn on the rain and you need the buckets to catch the rain. Because I know you have the units. I wouldn't tell everybody, this is the level that you're at. This is what we talk about in the Mastermind. Because generally when you listen to the podcast, we're talking more about organic traffic. Because most of the time, people can't keep up with the inventory, right? They're not at the right cost to be able to afford ads. They might be trying it themselves, which is really just wasting money. But when you have a team that you trust, and I think you have all the other components that we can dial it up because you have the capacity to make a thousand units per color and sell through. This is why I love paid ads. When you're just starting out, organic traffic is often the way to go. You're not going to be making a lot of money, so it's risky to put too much into ads when you haven't proven they're going to work. But when you've hit a stride and you can see that your business has a great conversion on its website, you have money to play with, and you know what you're selling, then you can really test ads. And when you know that your ads are bringing in more than you're spending, it simply becomes a math problem. It can't scale infinitely, but when it's working, lean into that strategy. Just like with all of these strategies, you have to test and try to find out when you'll start seeing less returns.
0: So in your opinion, you think the, the ad spend is the best way to get new customers for my That's market? how you've grown your business so far, right? Yeah. I
1: think mean, there's that. And then the secondary part is influencers. Yeah. Okay. So
0: let's touch on influencers. Okay. I had slash have good influencers. However, they only are pregnant and breastfeeding for so long. So my affiliate program right now is also stale because half the people that were making me like hundreds of sales a month are now weaned from pumping. So I'm like, great, now I have to like find all new influencers again. So I have to figure that next step out. Like I'm losing some of my regulars. Okay. So we can talk about influencers in two ways.
1: You have affiliates that are people who are pregnant that want to make money and they're driving sales. And then there's actual influencers that while they're pregnant, like there's the influencer collaborations of like the mommy bloggers. So which way is it working? Are you working for outreach and finding people and then bringing them into your affiliate program? Because affiliates and influencers are a little bit different.
0: Yeah, so... I, I've done I've done all of it. Um, what I've I've paid people and they've never worked out good for me. My PR team has done like a bigger one where we've gifted a ton of stuff to a celebrity and they never post. What, what I've had the best success with are lactation consultant affiliates and influencers because they see clients on the regular. So I gift them product. They make some type of content, introduce the brand, and then they give a promo code to their continual clients as they see them. So that's where I've pretty much been focusing my energy on because mommy bloggers, they just want free product and then they ghost me. They either don't post or they post really crappy content. I have not been successful recently with finding the best influencers. It's Okay.
1: Been- so I like the lactation consultant realm. That's a good one because they're a real influencer, meaning they influence the people that pay them for advice.
0: Have you sold wholesale yet? Very little. But what did just happen this year, and this is part of my plan for to build on this, I had a hospital reach out and the NICU team had a grant and they bought like a whole lot of the CAMIs to stock in the NICU. So I think they did like an order of like 70 pieces and then 60 pieces. So bigger than what I was getting for boutique. Um, They bought twice in one year so far, and they said they're going to keep the camion stock in the NICU. So I feel like if I could repeat that as my like more of a specialty wholesale, like there's something there to build on. Okay, great. There's a lot of good information coming in right now. So you talk about lead acquisition.
1: I think there's the concept of brand ambassadors. You know, we've been brand ambassadors for FabFitFun for like different food companies, things like that. Someone who does it really well is Clean and Dirty. It's C-L-N-D-R-T-Y. She's a student. She's been in the mastermind. Like she's amazing. And she just knows how to build community around it. And so this community is the one that's talking about it and spreading it and sharing in their Facebook groups and things like that. So the affiliate part is someone who knows how to monetize social. And then the ambassador part might be, someone on that beginning side. Because what we're still talking about is we're still talking about lead acquisition. So we've got the paid part. Organic comes from referrals and what you're doing on social media, just natural that's being shared. And then we've got the partnership part. So... An idea for you when you feel like you have the capacity is you could build out an ambassador program of people. Now it's a program, which means you have to serve them in a way, like you educate them. So when I was part of Saqqara, it's an organic food company, and I was already buying it. I loved it so much. And I was like, I have an audience. Can I be an ambassador? And there was somebody who was in charge of ambassadors, and we met once a month and we had like a Zoom call all the people were on, we'd introduce ourselves. They would talk about what's the marketing for the month? What's the focus? They would give us a deck and the deck would talk about the focus. So let's just say you were going into Valentine's Day and you're like, the focus is Valentine's Day. Mamas are sexy. I don't know, whatever your campaign is. And then you would actually give them some tools, like here's the photos. So they would have a Google Drive or Dropbox that they could go in and pull photos and use. So they have like the professionally done photos. And then there were also the requirements. So to be an ambassador, I needed to create X amount of pieces of content rules. And then I had my code. So if it was like, use my code, the product boss or something when you're
0: buying. I find it's really hard to get people to do stuff for you without like a lot of money being thrown out on the table. Free product and money. Like I struggle with that because... You know, there's not a lot of extra cash once I pay the inventory bills right now. Like for when you first start, people are more likely to do stuff for you. And then now I'm hitting that point after three years where like the favors are not coming in the way they used to. Everybody wants to be paid.
1: Yeah. So, so I'm struggling. So ambassadors are different. So, I, so one is an influencer, like a mommy blogger, an influencer that has half a million followers. That's one person that those people want to get paid or they want, like you said, product. Then there's the people who are fans that are like, oh, I can make some extra money and you're supporting them and you're creating community around it. I think maybe they gave me my first meal plan free, but otherwise it was like just a percentage off. Maybe it was 20% off for myself to buy. So I had products, but I had to perform. It wasn't like I could just do it, get the 20% off for me and not do anything. Like there was this risk of if we didn't perform, we were out of the club. So... There's two realms. There's one you supporting your ambassadors or your affiliates in a different way where they have a monthly meeting with you. There's decks, you share it with them, you show them what to post. They have access to the video and you have requirements. You know, you have to do two reels, a post using the code, whatever. And there's almost like a performance
0: review. So they have to take action. I'm kind of feeling like maybe I could take my top 10 affiliates and offer them to be more of an ambassador where we work closer together. Okay. And that's kind of what in my head, what I wanted to do this year. But like I said, my turnover is like really hard. So I got to get the right people in that like 10 ambassador spots. Like it's a little tough with who I have right now. I got to find new people. New well, audience. then
1: you might need to market and talk about it a little bit more on the platform, having a meeting with my ambassadors. Da-da. So it's actually an aspirational thing that if I'm pregnant and I'm following along And I'm like, oh, when I nurse, I have to buy these nursing bras. And then I'm looking and I'm like this, oh, shout out to Ambassador Amanda who just had her baby. Yay, congratulations. They're following some sort of journey there. And you're kind of seeding it naturally. Then it's almost this thing of like, I want to be a part of that group. Hey, Product Boss. Okay, just popping in really quickly with a very important question to ask you. Have you ever wondered why some brands become household names or are known for just one product? Okay, so I want you to think about it. The durability of a Yeti cup, the high quality of an espresso machine, the comfort of an Ugg boot. You may be releasing products left and right thinking this is the product that's going to be the one that works. Am I right? But here's the truth successful product-based businesses aren't making more. They're making more of what works. Because if you want to be a household brand or be the go-to for a product, you must focus on your best sellers. It will not only save you time and money, but it will lead you to building the business you've always dreamed of. And if you're wondering how to do that, well, I'm here to help. That is exactly what I have taught thousands of students to do in my free bestseller secrets challenge and I'm inviting you to join me inside of it. I'm going to help you uncover your bestsellers that you can go deep instead of wide and maximize the opportunities that you already have right in front of you. I want more money in your pocket. I want you to have more profit. I want you to pay yourself a salary beyond your wildest dreams. Okay. And so I'm going to teach you exactly how you're going to do that. No more doing all the things to grow your sales, no more endlessly creating products and no more wondering and guessing what your customer wants to buy. It's 2024. It's time to really focus in and tap into your best revenue opportunities. It's time to lean into what's working in your business so you can stop doing all the other things right? It's wasting time and money and causing a lot of stress. So let's do this together. Join me inside of my free challenge, which kicks off on Monday, February 12th. Head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com and get signed up. Or you can just DM me the word best on Instagram and I'll make sure to get you in. Again, head to bestsellersecretschallenge.com or DM me the word best and I'll see you in there. Ambassadors and affiliates are a great way to market your business, but people aren't going to do the work for free. Beyond paying commissions, one strategy to get people longing to be an ambassador is to create a community around it. You're going to offer training, support, encouragement, and yes, discounts and commissions. And in return, you have a team of people ready to promote your product.
0: Okay. That's a good idea. I have, I talk directly with my customers a lot. Like I have a very like one-on-one type vibe, even if it's my assistant, she's still talking to them as if it's me. So I feel like I would get a lot of interest and a lot of them might've been more interested in that versus the affiliates. But this is good because I've been trying to figure out what to do. Like I have 280 people signed up for my affiliate program right now. And I only have about like 20 active ones that even make any transactions. So I feel like a lot of people are hanging out but not doing And
1: they might not know what to do because we're not all born influencers, right? (laughs) I know for sure I'm not. Maybe my daughter is because she's being raised in a time of knowing how to pose, but I'm like, no. So sometimes they just need more coaching and tools and help to spread the word. I have to give them
0: content. I'm really bad about that. So that
1: would be a program that you build in And you can start with the first 10 and they can really help you sort of cast the vision. And here's the thing, you can hire one of them that does really well to eventually run your ambassador program once you train them. So it could be a side hustle for her where she's like your lead ambassador. And even if she's not pregnant anymore, now she can come in and she can train the other mamas.
0: And. And do the searching yeah. of finding the people.
1: But. Yeah, but I think if you create community, if you lean more into community, so not only are they buying the product, but they feel like they're a part of a community. They're seen, they're heard. That's where I think you know. If we think back to Lululemon when they started, and they were offering yoga classes, you know, all the racks were on wheels. They moved all the racks out of the way, and on Saturdays they would have yoga classes at Lululemon stores. So they were creating a community around the product. For you, moms feel isolated. They feel alone. They're breastfeeding. Everyone has an opinion about breastfeeding. You've got this younger mama. And so she doesn't want to be alone. She's following influencers. So how can you create community for her? There's the ambassadors that can make it feel like community. And then there are other things that you could bring in. So you bring them in for the product, but they might stay for like education, or funny things that you share? Because while you're saying like you go through this life cycle, but if they're still following you and they're getting tips of things that they need, your brand is an asset to them from an educational standpoint, as well as the physical product.
0: Yeah. We've been playing around with that because all my content cannot be product, 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 product. Like we've been trying to mix it and we had a few Breastfeeding related quotes during the holidays go viral. And it was interesting because I, they were generating breastfeeding like moms back into the funnel as followers, but it wasn't about the product. It was about like funny breastfeeding yeah. joke humor type stuff. So we're trying to do a little bit more humor and a little bit more relatability. And then other things that are just kind of like similar mom stuff, but not just the product. So we are working towards that. Like we're on the same page. Yeah. And so
1: that's the stuff that like your ads or something that goes viral will hook the lead, right? It'll bring them in for an awareness of your brand. So Davin and Adley they'll discover it. That's what the cold audience outreach is, right? So they'll discover it, but why are they going to stay for coffee, right? Why are they going to hang out? Why are they going to interact with your posts? So I agree with you in like the direction you're taking. Well, we can show the product for, here's the product, take a look at the content you're coming up with and find the things that they're staying for. So the toddler quotes, the memes, the breastfeeding, you know, mom's breastfeeding in different places, normalizing it, all of that. I remember that there was this one ad that came out that was like first time mom and she's like in a toilet stall breastfeeding her baby like in the corner. And it was like second time mom and she's sitting in the middle of a bar basically with like everything out. So it's like if that is the feeling that your customer wants, lean into it. And then so she's going to stick around longer and she's going to share some of these quotes and memes and all the things with other people and people are going to come and they're going to discover you Like with my daughter being eight and my son being 10, I don't know that I'm sharing with my best friend breastfeeding anymore. But back then when we were breastfeeding or we still had young babies, I would have been sharing it. And that would be another way of discovering you organically.
0: One thing my assistant had mentioned is that product reels, even product posts or product reels are not as shareable. So like we have to mix that up with like the relatable stuff in Throughout, So we're definitely there. I feel like sometimes I get hard on myself that I'm not growing like faster, but like, like sometimes it's just the patience of it. Like I don't do any, I try not to, I don't buy any followers or nonsense like that. It's all organic, but we're pretty much growing like 10,000 followers a year. Some people are way higher than that. I feel like it's not a bad spot to be in, but some people are way higher than that. So mm. I mean, I'm comfortable with it. We're pro- we might be growing higher than that, but I'm losing followers in the process. So it's like. You might be losing them because the content is no longer relatable or they don't
1: need to see another bra picture. And also you could talk to your ads team about this. We do something where it just brings awareness to our Instagram page. And the whole point is like awareness. We can't tell whether they're following or not based on it, but it's just driving awareness of the page. It's not a conversion
0: app. Oh, so I think we once ran like a video campaign that was like super cheap. It wasn't as much as what you pay for a conversion campaign. But I think that's what it might have been, like a brand awareness.
1: We call ours Instagram profile traffic. So you can ask your ads team about Instagram profile traffic. It's basically to put a post up in front of people for them to discover more, basically, and they just come to our profile and then they choose whether they want to stay or not. Okay. Sales is a multi-step process. You need customers to be aware of your product, and then you need to convince them you're worth buying from. Retargeting ads and campaigns built around generating sales are great, but they're actually further down the process. It's podcast recommendation time, and this month I am obsessed with the Hustle Daily Show, hosted by Juliet Bennett Ryla, Rob Erst, Ben Berkeley, and Mark Dent, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. I love their offbeat and informative takes on business and tech news. In one of the most recent episodes, they dive into how the Pink Stanley Tumblr Rose is dominating water bottle sales. Thanks to internet fame, even though Stanley itself is a hundred year old company. And now you know that I've done an episode on this and I am obsessed with the Stanley story. So this goes even deeper into the Tumblr Rose color. Now, as a product boss, this is the perfect example of what can happen when you find and lean into a marketing strategy that works for you. Listen to The Hustle Daily Show wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, they cost more to run. Awareness campaigns get your social media profile out there and let all the hard work you're doing in creating a beautiful feed and great content warm customers to your product before asking for the sale.
0: Of all of the brands in my space, maternity brands that are advertising to the same customer base, we actually do a pretty good job. Like, yes. between what I do versus some of the other ones, like, I, I don't think we're in a bad spot with Instagram. We can fine tune it. Like, so I basically, it's funny you mentioned the same thing, but like, so my assistant was one of my top customers and affiliates, and I hired her because she knew the brand so well. So she, I brought her on as my, social media planning manager content, like she does all the posting and the, the, the engagement and stuff for me now. So that's exactly how I, I brought her in because she already was like a top fan of the brand and she knew the product so well. So that's how I grew the team initially. Yeah. And- so I have this one picture behind me actually that
1: says things take the time it takes because I'm like you. And I'm just like, this is not fast enough. This isn't happening fast enough. I know I have it. Like, why is it not there yet? And I've had to kind of slow down and be like, okay, there's just things I have to do operationally, like foundationally. And then generating leads and an audience takes a lot of finessing to find the things that work. And with the world changing so fast and so constantly and all the things like we're constantly having to adjust our marketing. So if we go back to paid organic and partnership, Paid you've got handled, but you can just think about where you can scale it. Organic, I think when we come to your social media, like you said, less product photos and what can be stuff that's like shareable and funny and more viral, you could probably use also other people's content and repost it as long as you tag them. So if you see something with like a mom and their kid or Breastfeeding Mama, that is an influencer, right? Like You can either ask them for permission or you can share it and then tag them and then take it down if they say that they want to take it down. And then partnership right now, I think it's overwhelming to tell you to go do a million things. So partnership-wise, since you have the affiliates already and you're seeing that 10% of them are doing anything... Then it's like, how do we gather the troops, create community around that group of people? That might be a buy-in from them. There can be competitions. There can be things that you create that drives them to want to push stuff and then more support around it. And I think that in itself will start to clear up a little bit of the traffic thing. One of the things I did want to bring up with you is on your site and to sell more to people who are buying when they're buying. So what happens is that there's a decision fatigue element. Do you know what your average order is? Like when a new customer comes and what they buy from you versus a return customer?
0: So our average sale price right now is like $91.92. So like it's like two, it's like two camis or like one bralette and like a liner or something like that. So it's usually two units. Okay. Or and then how soon does that customer come back and buy a second time? I don't know what that metric is. I'd have to see if I can find that in Shopify. But I do know it's on a normal basis, around 35% returning customer. I know that much. When I launch a new product, it always spikes up to 75% returning customer. And then
1: when they do return, because you've told me earlier, you said they have everything, so they're not buying anything else. So my question is, when did they buy everything? So I think if I think about me as a consumer, I would probably buy something, try it on, see if I like it. And if it fits me and I like it, then I'll go back in and buy a bunch. So is that sort of the same way?
0: Yeah. Well, from my visual knowledge of just like the orders that we pack, she's usually coming and buying one to two camis initially. Seeing if she loves them, what usually happens is then she'll wait for the next sale and she'll buy like the next batch of colors. So she usually would come back and buy maybe four to five the next time. I've had some crazies that come back and buy like 11 all at once. Like it generally, she's buying about two initially and then coming back for about five more and then come back again for another promotion. So I was doing build your own bundle where you can just stack whatever colors you want. You get $2 off per cami if you buy buy more than two. We tried, though, to move some colors that were not the best colors. This was obviously all coming from stuff that you had mentioned before on other trainings that I had done putting your like best-selling colors with some of the colors that don't move. So we put some of the like more bold fashion with the the neutrals and I moved them at 20% as a like exclusive VIP bundle. And I sold like the most amount of camis in one period that I had ever done. We did it again at Christmas. We put the brand new red in with all of the, the other colors and we called them like holiday name bundles. We moved the most amount of camis we'd ever done again. So I feel like there's something to selling them as yep. three packs because both times it was three packs at a 20% off price that moved them that So quickly. that's where I want to go with um, us next. I think you have okay. the customers, and what we need
1: to do is we need to get them to spend more with you when they buy. I would rather them buy three packs from you at a time than individual bras. And if they want to yeah. add on individual bras, they can. But that's the $25 million company. I'm wearing one of hers right now. She has five packs. They're cheaper. So don't compare that part. But if you're seeing that they're buying three, like they've already told you, this is working for me. Now you're doing 20% yeah. off, which is quite high. That was boring Black yes. Friday. Like I won't it go, go that like high could be like 5% normally. cheaper, right? And sometimes that's it doesn't it. even have to be cheaper. I mean, it could be because that's incentivizing to them. But it also helps them with decision fatigue. So if they're not sure, do I want to buy the black? Do I want to buy the nude? Do I want to buy the fashion color? What do I want to buy? Like if you sold me the three pack of the, I could say best sellers, but like basics or the neutrals or the whatever pack, then it'd be really easy for me to just buy the neutral pack. So black, white, nude, let's say. Do
0: you prefer... Curated bundles that like the brand puts yeah. together or letting them build their own because that's I struggled. The ones with, that you said that you sold out, out of, you built, right? And they just had to say yes. I built them both yeah. times and they did yeah. really well. But as a consistent, our uh, order value went up when I introduced the build your own bundle because I do have a percentage that say I didn't need that color. So like I really wish I could swap it for a different color. So it was like the same value, but you could stack as many as you wanted in the cart. You can test both. There's a lot of ways to slice this. So, Dagny
1: Dover does a pretty good job at they call them kits. They're bags, they call it the traveling family. And the way that they have it though, ultimately it's the same kit. It's their neoprene, which are their best sellers, and you could basically pick the backpack you want and the size of the backpack. And then you could pick the carryall and the color and the fanny pack. So they're saying it's like a $505 value. You're getting all three bags for $429. So they're allowing you to build a kit because yeah. it's maybe more individualized. And so they have the kits already built out where they're kind of telling you the style. So everyday gear is the fanny and the backpack, which they might be seeing like This customer bought the backpack and then eventually bought the fanny or they bought the fanny and then they bought the backpack. So they might actually know the customer's buying behavior and they're trying to just solve it and make it easier for you to just buy both. And you feel like you're getting a discount because you don't always get sales on
0: Dagny. I like how you can select like your colors. And so like one of our issues with the bundles is the size. So some people might be between sizes. So they want to buy like one medium and one large so that they have like a variation So that's why like build your own bundle is appealing because she can say like, all right, I want a black in a size large and I want a medium in a a nude or whatever. I like how they have that kind of a thing. And, One of my like bundle ideas for the new year was like a postpartum starter kit where you could put like the shorts, the bra pad, liners, the cami, like you could build all the pieces and pick your size and color, which is a lot for like my website team to have to figure out. But I feel like it would pay off because the value of those three items would be nice together. So what I think you could do
1: is you could have like your basic bundles where it's just the basic colors. So this is where I'm going with it is when she starts and she starts shopping with you, you're telling me she buys about two pieces on average. So tell me what the introductory pack should be and sell that to me. So you know, you're the expert. So is it that I buy like the starter pack and I'm buying one bra and the, the pad covers? Am I buying the just started nursing bundle where it's like, get our two bestsellers and solid, you know, I remember when I was pregnant or when I had my baby, I was like, just in a bra. That's what I lived in, right? So you tell her what to buy at first because you're already telling me that she's spending about 90 something dollars with you, which means she's buying at least two things. Make that easy for me in the very beginning of that decision part, because when she's coming in, she's not sure. Does she want the lace? Does she want the Amelia? You've sold almost 12,000 units of the Amelia most likely she should just be buying the Amelia.
0: So if I was considering doing this anyway, I would put my three best-selling colors, black, sand, which is the nude, and stone, which is the gray. I'm restocking them in another month. So as soon as I get them in stock, I would do like a bestseller neutral pack of those three. And that puts them at the threshold for free shipping. So we could advertise it as you get your neutral three pack of the camis, you get free shipping with it. And then um, that's kind of like where you would start.
1: What would be a good margin for you that like, if you were to sell these all day, every day, is it better that we're selling through units? So it's worth you giving that kind of discount or...
0: It is because I'm, I'm saving on shipping by, set, by shipping three at once versus one at one time. Okay. I believe the lowest I've ever gone was $37. And that was like this past during November. I tried never to go lower than 10 typically. And you still have profit there um, that is good for you. Yeah. In a good way, this is my best seller and my highest margin on these camis.
1: Winner, winner, chicken dinner. So then (laughs) the language around it, you try two languages. You try save $30 or get 20% off. Like you're going to want to just play with the language and the marketing. And you could even ask your ads team to do split tests between ads with like that language. And let's see what resonates because on that menswear one, it was like save $80 when you bundle $88 feels like almost a hundred, which is like, Holy moly. Like when do we get to save a hundred dollars on something? Save $30 may or may not feel big enough for me to do it, but 20% might actually feel better. And this might be, again, you either split test, you ask your ambassadors, You know, you call them in and you put two graphics in front of them and ask them which one would they buy. So I think bringing in a starter bundle or a bestseller bundles that just make it really easy for me to say yes to is a way that you're going to move more units. And so for that first time buyer who typically maybe buys two, she's going to walk out the door with three. If those bundles start to do well, you could again do bestsellers through other ones and don't worry about the size part of it. Then, The other option you could do is when you sell the bundle, you could do an upsell, add on a new color drop. So it could be a checkbox on the side. It can be when they're going to check out. Would you like to add on, so normally $49, get it for $45, get it for $42. Like you don't have to give them the $10 off. So let's say you wanted to add in the red at Valentine's Day and they weren't buying it directly from like the individual, but now there's like an upsell as they're checking out or when they're putting stuff in their cart that asks them if they want to add it on one time offer.
0: That's a good idea. Part of my website renovation is not complete yet and upsells was something we were going to look at at the end. So we don't have any, we have like some on-page upsells, but not like the cart upsell or anything. We, have, we do have a badge for like hitting the free shipping threshold and that helped boost the cart value up. But we don't have anything after you're about to check out where it would say like, you know, add one more piece at a certain percent off. So like, I like that. Okay.
1: You've been growing rapidly and what's burning a hole for you is that you have so much inventory that you need to move, but you've been doing a really good job at it. So what we need now is just we need to acquire the customers and we need to sell more to the customers you acquire. And I think By bundling stuff, we can get a higher average order value. So, the more we can sell them in a single transaction, so upsells, cross-sells, bundles would be once I get them in, how do I sell more at that point? So, that's going to move us through units. When you're trying to increase revenue or move more product, there's two ways to go about it: you get more customers, or you get your current customers to buy more. One of my favorite ways of increasing the average order value of your product is by bundling. It works in a few ways. First, it gives people an incentive to buy more through a small discount. Second, it helps customers deal with decision fatigue. With Amanda, we're talking about curating a starter pack of the best bras for new moms, making it easy for her potential customers. And hey, maybe when they're checking out we can upsell them on a limited time seasonal fashion piece just for them. There's so many ways you can do this. So don't ignore this powerful technique.
0: So for going into this new Ella drop, it's a new updated version of a color that used to exist. It's black. I mean, do you have any suggestions on how to present this new Ella without wasting the opportunity like I released sand and stone in January last year I'm now releasing black and extending the black size range so I I still have sand and stone but I also am, I'm bringing in black and I'm bringing in new sizes of black so I'm struggling a little bit on how to jump in the new year with a really good strong promotion to get them to convert Have you told them it's coming? I released this week on social media that they're, it's coming. I haven't told them all the details yet, but I do it each day. I drop clues and yeah. hints until we like get to the And then I release the date. I feel like my strategy there is pretty yeah. good on social, but again, like social shouldn't be everything, right? Like I need to spread this out. So like we're warming up email by telling them it's coming with a, like the history of the style and like kind of giving them like where we were and like where it's coming and something new is on its way and we're trying to like attack it from like different avenues because I sometimes struggle. Like, what happens if Instagram like crashes again, like we had in the past? Like, so I can't rely 100% on just like telling them. Well,
1: no, I mean, you that. have a 25,000 ish person email
0: list. So, are you
1: opted in to different email lists and stuff like that?
0: Yeah. And I, I get your emails. Well, I was so. going to say
1: create a fake account, create a stalker e commerce account. And go opt into different brands' email us. So this is my stalker account. So I can easily, let's type in aloe and I can see everything they've sent me and the days they've sent it. So this is like a hot new drip espresso. So they're leaning into their espresso color. And this is like, we dropped something new. They're actually every day almost like promoting something different.
0: Are they always offering a discount? That's like they're one of not. the things I struggle with. So- just your first order, 15% off your first So
1: what it is instead is it's offering the trend. So if you saw that, it was wellness was the campaign. They sent me an email some days ago on the 3rd about espresso. And then I land on their page and they're just showing me basically the espresso color. So I got the email about it already. So I'm aware that this brown is the new color. And then move into wellness. And that same campaign is here because they're doing something with Jimmy Butler And then here's the espresso again. So they've got different ways of bringing me in. But when I land on their homepage, they're selling me this. So if we think about yours, I'm not sure how often you change the homepage, which is fine because I see what you're doing here. But then what you're marketing towards, like if you're trying to sell red, let's do all red. If we're trying to sell the Amelia or the Ella or whatever it is, and then instead of effortless style, it's like new. Right? Shop now.
0: Yeah. So I actually just was talking about that with the website team that, like, I need to change my banner more frequently. And right now, like, my hero, like, we paid a lot of money for that video. So I'm like, I don't want to not use that video, but I should be frequently changing it, more updating it to whatever the promotion is. And I have not been. And that's my fault. Like, I shouldn't keep that as. And you can have the video lower. Right now, I just want a better
1: call to action button. I can add the button yeah. easily. There's yeah. no way That's- to shop this right now. So you might say like back in stock, back by popular demand. There just needs to be more call to actions telling them what they should buy. So focusing. So you can okay. still keep this video and shift it. But then when I scroll down,
0: yeah, we have best sellers. Well, I was gonna I was gonna move the Ella to the main spot for the launch. That's what I always do. So Riley is still sitting there because it just launched in November but I was going to, I when the red launched, I had the red in the center yeah. spot because on mobile, the first one you see is the okay. center. So I will shift the Ella over. It's just not there yet because it's coming in next okay. week.
1: So yeah, I think you're on the right track. So what I want you to do is every month that something happens, so even right now, January 9th, write down, this is what I have done. This is what I haven't done, right? And if you do something and you see your result come from it, note it so that you can just go back next January and say, this is what I did or this is what I didn't do. So just start to track so that you don't freak out when things are down. There's just going to be you cycling back constantly to things you've done instead of always looking forward. But I do think that your business can still hit your goal. I think it's focus. And I think from the perspective of growth, you could turn up the ads, you can do a little bit of that work. And then going back to like the hospital's, just take this as a case study and then put together some marketing materials and reach out to other departments and say, this is what we've done with this. They've been able to gift X amount because they may have a grant as well. They may have other ways of doing it. And it's just like seeding for them information and you can send a sample with it. But just find the biggest needle movers for you first, which right now is like, we need to get sales happening on your site again and we need to focus on the launch. And then in times that you feel like maybe your business is in a slower season, you can spike up the other outreach efforts you're looking to do.
0: Okay. My biggest struggle in my mind was like, how do I keep the brand looking fresh without color drops because I don't have enough business cash to drop too many colors this year? That's why
1: I think you rotate because I think you're thinking that we all know everything. We don't. You know how they did the Espresso campaign? You can do an entire campaign around black, And it might lead with starting with the bra coming back in black. That's like your leader to it. But then maybe all your other marketing is going back to the other bras that come in black, the cami that's in black, the shorts that are in black. And you do a campaign around black and it's the little black blank campaign. And then you just push the heck out of black. And then you're telling me black is in. You're leading with the new product. You're trying to sell me other black Pieces, you're showing me black. I'm like all into it. I'm seeing it on your social. You're emailing me different versions of it, different combos. And then you switch it, right? And then we move into red at Valentine's Day or we move into spring colors. So there's just so much you have to work with. I'm okay with you not coming out with new colors because if you've got new acquisition and you focus on color drops or color focuses, when I say drops, just treat it as like different focus campaigns, the new people will have never seen it before. And the people that have been here have not paid enough attention. And there's more of those people than your best customers that know everything. So let's focus on the 80% we haven't sold enough to versus the 20% that have bought everything. You're focusing too much on the 20% that like are your best customers, but they've been with you for a while, they're done nursing, they've bought everything, but we have 80% of other people that we can keep selling to. And that's what I need to do. It's easy to get caught up overthinking things in business. Your customers aren't paying as close attention to your business as you are. And in Amanda's case, she's trying to reach entirely new customers, but she's worried about them seeing the same color drops over and over again. But businesses do this all the time, focusing on product drops and launches that repeat again and again. You want to focus on one promotional color and sell the heck out of that color, especially when you need to be moving through inventory. Amanda has a good problem in some ways because she's making a lot of revenue and selling a ton of products. She just has to double down on what works, such as paid ads, revamping her ambassador program so that it can practically run on autopilot, and creating stronger marketing messages around the colors she needs to sell. And I know she can do it. I'm so excited to see where she goes. Maybe in the future we'll get an update. But what I'd love to know from all of you is, I'd love to know your takeaways from this call. So for me, the idea here was color drops and selling what you need to sell, right? Just tell your customers what to buy. If you want to tell me your biggest takeaways, head on over to Instagram, let me know. At the Product Boss on Instagram. I'd love to hear from you and I will see you next time. Thank you for being here and listening all the way through the Product Boss podcast. If you love our show and it has helped you in any way in your business, would you mind doing two things for us? Subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode and leave us a review.